And in 20th of April, 2017, I received my first and minor S9 ASIC miner and started my four-year journey in crypto. Well, the side hustles I did in the past really helped me to develop like a business mentality, you know? At an early age, like I was doing things that people my age group weren't even thinking about. And for that, I'm like really grateful uh, for being blessed with like a mind that could like navigate and process the terms and the things that come with running a business early on. You know, I didn't have to learn it. It just kind of came naturally. And um, I find that side hustles helps to build you up for the real world because like, let's be real, man. I got scammed so many times in the beginning, you know, I lost thousands by trusting wrong people or doing stupid things. And... I guess that misfortune brought along like multiple reality checks that prepared me for the challenges that I'll be facing out like later on in life, you know? What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Novice Man Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan. I'm Kingston. And I'm Matthew. Welcome to our show, where we embark on the journey to becoming the best versions of ourselves. This week, we'll be talking about side hustles, our experiences, lessons learned, and suggestions for it. Well, I actually have zero experience with side hustles. So I'm just going to let you guys talk this week. I'll be asking the questions. So I guess you start off your experiences with side hustles. My real side hustle starts at when I'm 14 years old, when I discovered Bitcoin. And I discovered Bitcoin through an pretty much unbelievable way, How? which is a CSGO skin site oh, wow. called BitSkin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but basically I was, a, I was a normal 14 year old kid, you know, gaming in CSGO. I was looking for skins, you know, and I didn't have a debit card back then. And then I noticed that there's a Bitcoin as a payment option. So from there, I got curious. And eventually from there, I did my research. And I already heard about Bitcoin in the news back then. But I didn't know what is that thingy. So I did my research. And in 20th of April, 2017, I received my first and minor S9 ASIC miner and started my four year journey in crypto. And from there, I learned a lot from the entire industry, ranging from altcoins, trading, staking, mining, and as recently NFTs, etc. And I earned quite like a hefty sum and lost a hefty sum at the same time. And you know, what's the best part is like back then, not a single soul in my school knew about that. Like my schoolmates only discovered that I do crypto up until like, uh, my late high school years. Like I almost graduated from high school. So, uh, speaking about late high school years, that's where I also like ventured into like streetwear reselling. So back then all you have to do is like, uh, find a good plug and just by selling some, you know, champions, babes and Kenzo's. And there's a, I also did like sneaker botting, which, uh, I managed to cop like seven pairs of Yeezy static blacks and wait, what, what is sneaker botting? Oh, sneaker botting is actually like trying to cop sneakers with the help of, you know, bots, you know, it's like, uh, 
computer program that oh, okay. basically does all the work for you to when Adidas, for example, drops a sneaker, so the bot does all the work for you. Oh, okay, I see, I see. And streetwear, it was easy money, basically, back then. But it's like, more and more people joined into streetwear and with all that drama, you know. <laughs> Plus, my crypto business and academics are taking up more and more of my time. So, in the end, I decided to like uh, leave streetwear altogether. And basically, that's my eight-month journey in streetwear. Will you say like the, the hype is still going on now? I'm pretty sure there's still some hype around sneakers, but I've seen like people are reselling bear bricks nowadays. Like there's a lot. So what about you, Ethan? Oh, <laughs> so interesting thing is that uh, my journey with side hustles go all the way back to when I was seven years old, actually. So I was in the... F- oh, that's really Yeah, <laughs> I was in the first grade, right? And then... uh. My first ever side hustle was selling erasers. You know, like uh, those erasers with the flags, like the World Cup season, right? Oh, yeah. Those... Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I, yeah, that was like way back, bro. Seven years old, right? So, I was like, yo, last time we used to play like eraser fight. You know how we used to flip the erasers and then <laughs> tackle each other or something like that, right? So, I realized that, like, yo, there's quite a high demand. And then the bookshop only, like, uh, they only shipped in like one or two boxes. Yeah, yeah. A week la. So what I would do is I use my allowance to buy the two boxes. So the the um the bookshop would have like no supply and people had to buy from me. Oh shit, that's smart. So I sold it from like yeah, like bro, imagine year seven. I mean no, seven years old. <laughs> and then uh yeah, I, I sold it for like good prices and then uh after that I would just repeat the cycle and then every time I I made money I would go and buy like a Milo Ice or like <laughs> you know. 100 plus from the canteen. Yeah, and I think it was smart lah because like really no one else in school had any other options to buy from anywhere else but me because like I'm the only dude who has all the, the, the flags, you know. It's good lah. That's a big Jewish moment, bro. Jewish, yeah. Do you remember in remember the World Cup in 2014? Oh, yeah. 2014 when the World Cup happened, the bookshop sold the, the pins of the flags. Yes, I did the same thing with that as well. You used to buy those? Yeah. And then um after that, right, I think I was around 11. That one only lasted for like a year or two. La. Then after that, I was like 11 or 12. And then I got into Pokemon cards. So I would like trade them. And then like, it taught me how to negotiate deals, you know, like how to get a good deal. How to see whether someone's like bullshitting you, you know. Then like I would trade until I got like a rare card, you know. Then I would sell the card and use it to buy more packs. And then it's like a numbers game. La. So you just get a bunch of good cards. You can make good money from it. And then I still keep some of my cards. I think I think Matthew knows, right? Like some of them are worth like a couple thousand to a few hundred USD. Yeah. So that's interesting. That's good, bro. And then, uh, yeah. And then after Pokemon cards, I ventured into Star Wars action figures, bro. I would sell them in like uh, Facebook uh, groups, you know? So basically, because it was around 2016. You know, like, uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens, the new movie, was coming out, right? So, like, the hype for it was big. So, I would buy, like, the action figures yeah. that a lot of yeah. people would be, like, excited, the highly sought after ones, like, the main characters, right? And then, uh, I would sell them la, on, like, Facebook, and then i get pretty good. And I did the same thing with, uh, Lego minifigures. You know, the minifigures, the small fillers. Alright. <laughs> small fillers. Oh, right, because, uh, because yeah. I realized that 
you know one small minifigure right they start at like 40 ringgit for one like the original one right depending on how rare they can go up to like 100 a few hundred bucks right so i was smart about it so i would go and buy like a lego set that was like 200 ringgit and it came with three minifigures right so i'll sell each for like you know 40 50 so from that set right i would make back like 150 bucks i can use to buy another set you know so it just kept like yeah it kept like going and going and going la. and then after that i did the same oh, thing that king said did i went into the streetwear industry la. this is when i started making like the big big money before this it was like you know a few few hundred here a few hundred there you know but yeah, yeah at 14 years old i started the the journey la, into the streetwear industry i started with uh, my first pair of Yeezy olives. I remember the black color with the olive stripe. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> it was yeah, like yeah. my dream shoe. So I got it. And then uh, it just went from there. So what happened was I, I would buy the shoes at retail and then I would sell them at like a higher price. Like, you know, the after, after, after market price. Is that what it's called? I don't know. Yeah. Resale uh, resale price. price yeah. And uh, another thing I did was smart as well. Like when those months where I wasn't making that much money, I would buy like a used shoes and then I would refurbish them and then sell it for higher. So I buy like a five out of ten conditions shoe, refurbish, sell for like eight out of ten. That's some smart shit, bro. And yala. Um the only problem with the streetwear industry for me was my choice of partners. Damn. <laughs> I, I I'm not I mean I'm not gonna say any names, but like just remember that who you choose as partners <laughs> is very important la, for any business, you know, because how I look at it is these people are your work wives. You know, you see them as much as you see your girlfriend or wife, you know? Yeah, I totally understand about Ethan because there's a lot of drama going on, especially in streetwear, you know, they're starting fights here and there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like arguing all over and stuff. And then people will try to like sabotage each other. You know, your own partner exactly. is going to try to sabotage you or take all your money away, right? Can't agree more. Yeah. So you got to really choose that. Before you start like a business with a partner, you got to, you want to evaluate their characteristics and then you want to like decipher what their actual agendas are. Because like, they, like, if you don't do this background checks and you just partner with like whoever, right? Bro, they're going to fuck you over, man. Like, no joke. You're going to lose all your money. <laughs> Say like uh like let's say if you're let's say if you're on streetwear right, and then there's like a new shoe coming out. Will you guys line up for your shoe, and then we sell it? Was it a waste of time? Uh, we can't do that back then because we're not eighteen yet. Instead, we hire people to do that for us. I mean, I mean, let's say let's say if you're like in in it still now, love. Will you guys do it? Maybe bare bricks but i don't think i'm going i'm stepping back to streetwear yeah not into like i say if i was doing it now right i'll do it different la. we'll like do it from a different approach uh, basically oh, I see, I see. yeah no more like sneakers yeezys none of that yeah okay mm. and uh i think mostly now i see like on the market the accessories are the one that are like holding their value la. yeah exactly the accessories and uh, the people's spending habit in streetwear, they kind of change a little. So we have to take a different approach to how we do this. Uh. Yeah. But personally, I'd say like, I've been out of the game too long to <laughs> to know what's going on now. Same, bro. I'm... So I wouldn't know. I have to start from scratch. I'm out for years, bro. Legit. Like, I, I quit at like 16 years old, man. 16. Yeah, around 16. Lah. And after yeah. that, just retired. 
What would you say are the benefits of side hustles that you have experienced? Mm, the benefits of side hustle, obviously, is the money, la, of course. <laughs> but uh, there's also some skill sets that I learned, just as Ethan said, like how to evaluate someone before partnering with them, like read their personality, their agenda, what they really want. Uh, like, are they going to fuck you up in the end or are they your real partners? Also, I learned like in crypto, how to manage your business operations, mm. including like getting all the documents sorted out and paying the bills on time. And finally, making sure the mining machines are working properly. Because if you guys don't know about these miners, they're actually really fragile. So anything that happened to those miners, for example, like a, a faulty exhaust fan, mm. let's say, if it does not get fixed on time, the entire machine is just straight up break out right away. Like just mm-hmm. right into scrap metal. It's like very delicate. La. Yeah, it's really delicate. La. So have to always like uh, make sure they're working properly. And then also the other skill set that I learned is like knowing how to deal with other peoples from both the crypto and streetwear circle. La. So... I also learned like how to outsource, like look for the right people to work for you Mm. and knowing like-minded people so that we can exchange our insights and, you know, tips on how to do better in both industries. I mean, basically. Yeah. So, so back to streetwear, right? Mm. At that age, right? You guys started young, right? How would you gain like trust of that someone to be your partner? Okay. So... Before I tell someone that I want to work with them, like we want to partner together or something, I'll surely take a look like, you know, Mm -hmm. their personality. Are they like a trustworthy and reliable person or just a straight up, you know, full of shit like uh, my other classmates, you know, some of my classmates, they look chill at first and then later in time you'll find out it's the exact opposite so you have to really take your time to like slowly analyze them who they really are before you really work with them so like my classmates are one of my classmates you know they look he he looks he looks chill at first and then in the end he's a fucking shit back bro (laughs) oh god (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Every episode, man. <laughs> so, Ethan, what would you say are the benefits of side hustles that you have experienced? Well, the side hustles I did in the past really helped me to develop like a business mentality, you know? At an early age, like I was doing things that people in my age group weren't even thinking about. Like, and for that, I'm like really grateful uh, for being blessed with like a mind that could like navigate and process the terms. And the things that come with running a business early on, you know, I didn't have to learn it. It just kind of came naturally. And um, I find that side hustles helps to build you up for the real world. Because like, let's be real, man. I got scammed so many times in the beginning, you know. I lost thousands by trusting wrong people or doing stupid things. And I guess that misfortune brought along like multiple reality checks that prepared me for the challenges that I'll be facing out like later on in life, you know? 
speaking about scams, I did got scammed for thousands as well. And I, at the time I have to use every available, like resources I have on hand, like, you know, even up until I got like, uh, people from Along's to get the money back from me. So, yeah. So you have to, so yeah, as Ethan said, you have to really know who you're dealing with. Mm. Yeah. I think the last point I have is like for this benefits, right? Is that it helps to build experience like, because now like I kind of know what to do in certain situations and scenarios, you know, cause it has happened before. So if it happens in the future, I'll be more prepared mentally for it. And uh, yeah, I'll make sure that this kind of things don't happen as often. Like. That's good. So what we guys said you have learned from the experiences with side hustles? Hey, what I learned from the experiences in side hustles are back into crypto. Uh, I learned about there's a thing called leverage trading where you can put your crypto in as a collateral and it grants you a loan up to a hundred times of your original capital. For example, if I put in a hundred ringgit worth of Bitcoin, Damn. I could loan up to 10,000 ringgit worth of Bitcoin. So at the time, I didn't know what the f I was doing back then. So I got lucky and I earned around 1.25 Bitcoins in two weeks. And, and then... And how much was that? 1.25 Bitcoin was worth around like uh, 120,000 ringgit. If I can rec if I'm not mistaken back Ooh. then, but um, just in the third week, I blown them all up, like gone, just gone. Oh, fuck. Cause you know, trading is, uh, essentially a really risky thing to take. So you could be either, you know, earn a f ton or lose everything. Like it'll send you straight down to hell, bro. Yeah. So. You know, at the time, because I made like 120,000 ringgit within two weeks, that's like a fucking legendary shit, you know, like people wouldn't believe that. But it was at that time, you know, I kind of got a little egocentric and arrogant. Uh, so eventually, and my ego came back to me and uh, slapped me in the face. Uh. So you, basically you flew too close to the sun. Yeah. I got thrown from like the highest point of my life, like straight to the rock bottom. That, that was like everyone's problem when they have like, especially when they invest or like do a business, right? When they get too much money, they get too egotistic, uh, egotistical and then they'll like blow it up for like no reason. Yeah, they like you get too much money at a short amount of time, like a yeah, short yeah. amount of period. And then that's where you get like a, a little egocentric, like full on egocentric. Yeah. So I got thrown from like the highest point of my life straight to the rock bottom. Like, uh, I didn't only lose the 120,000 I mm -hmm. earned. I also lost like a pretty hefty chunk of my own capital. And that capital actually is, um, is actually my cash reserves for emergency. So. And I got myself into some debt before. And then, yeah. Straight from the highest point to in debt within three weeks. That's, a, that's an unbelievable, unbelievable story if I tell you. Holy. So, 
yeah, and it was at the time where my mental illnesses and my drinking problems kicked in. But that would be another episode. Lah. So, and then right after completing my high school, barely sober, <laughs> it was already 2020. And, and you guys all know what happened in 2020, right? So during the first lockdown, I discovered that I have to pick myself up. I can't be like this all the time forever and seeing that like uh colleges are going online and then you know online classes at the beginning of the lockdown it it wasn't mature and there's a lot of problems going on so yeah i decided to like take a gap year and believe me that's the best decision i ever made in my life damn and besides from taking a rest i used that like that one gap year to like start regaining myself, you know, I started reading and doing in-depth research about crypto and recalling on what mistakes I did and how can I change them. And by then I'm able to regain most of the amount of money I lost and I got myself out of debt and I started finding ways to cure my mental illnesses. Moreover, I lost uh, 20 kgs in the process. I went from a, from a fat ass to less of a fat ass. <laughs> Damn, that's, fat ass, bro. that's fucking crazy, bro. So today, my mental illnesses are better, but they're certainly not gone. But I'm able to not rely on medications. If you, if you ever took like medications like antidepressants and sleeping pills, it actually fucks you up from the inside out. Yeah. You know, Ethan gets it, like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Today I still got some like insomnia and you know sleepless night. But then there's like a quote from Steve Jobs that sounds like everything you do today might seem irrelevant to what you actually want in life. But in the future, when you look back to your past, you'll get that realization that everything magically connects itself, like connecting the dots. So back then I keep asking myself like why is this happening to me? What did I do wrong to deserve this? And today, I'm extremely grateful of everything that happened to me. And should I never went through the lowest point at least once in my life? I would probably still, still be like the arrogant, egocentric, and immature piece of shit today. Plus, I would never like open my own eyes and start picking up like reading habits and eventually standing at where I am today. Wow. Damn, how the fuck am I supposed to top that, bro? <laughs> <laughs> and it's good that you change. Yeah. You know? So, what would you say I've learned from your experiences with Sai Hustles, Ethan? Oof. Um, for me, the biggest lesson I've learned is to be careful who you're working with and who you're doing transactions with. You know? Because, like, I've been... There were so many times in my various side hustles, even ranging back to the the eraser one in when I was seven years old. <laughs> like, right. So like, yeah. oh, people used to steal your yeah, erasers. and then like, uh, I got scammed. <laughs> the bookshop fella scammed me, you know. <laughs> yeah, man. How much was how much was one box? Oh, God, I don't remember. I think it was like it was less than ten bucks, bro. But that's the thing. Like there was like a hundred in in one box, bro. So, like, the profit margins were out of this world. Uh. Yeah, and, like, you got to look out for yourself uh, because 
at the end of the day, you're your own man, right? You're responsible for your own like consequences, your own actions. So like you can't really trust anyone like hundred percent, right? It's all it all it all boils down to you. And uh <clears throat> also another big lesson I learned is uh the importance of saving money and investing because Come on, I blew almost everything I made in the past, bro. <laughs> like, I was reckless and I was, like, extremely callous with my spending and my impulsivity. And, like, at night when I go to sleep now, I'm like, you know, fuck, what if I didn't blow it all away, man, right? Imagine the things I could have done with that money. You know, if I had put all that shit into Bitcoin in, like, 2017 or 2018, right, I would probably be a fucking millionaire or, like, close to it, you know? Not even, not close, bro. You're definitely a multi-millionaire. Yeah, like, and, I, and what did I blow it all on? Food, alcohol, <laughs> whatever other shit. <laughs> Bruh, dude, I, I regret it every single waking moment of my life. I'm like, if I had that money now. Wait, what, what age did you guys lose, like, all your cash? I was 16 at the time. So, yeah. So, um, back when I was 16 years old, you know, I also, like, similar to Ethan, I spent, like, I don't know, like twenty or thirty thousand, uh, in streetwear and sneakers, and uh, just uh, doing stupid shit uh, with my money, and that is certainly not the wisest decision in my life. Oh, not just streetwear sneakers, and and there's alcohol, and you know I was like going to bars and clubs every single day and blowing thousands, like I'm a millionaire or something. Yeah, <laughs> and then sooner. Uh, when I got sent right into the bottom, the rock bottom, the lowest point of my life, you start realize that the friends besides you are not really your true friends. Like if I think back, like uh, during like oh, by the way, uh, when I made like a hundred thousand, a uh, hundred and twenty thousand uh, within three weeks at a time, my Bitcoin mining business is also taking off at a time. It was making around almost 30,000 per month and yeah i managed to like um like blew it all and then at the time bitcoin also plummeted in the bitcoin's price also plummeted you know from like if i can recall it's from 13,000 something usd down to like uh 6,000 usd so my bitcoin mining uh business is also affected and i got myself into debt so I started looking for other ways. By the way, at the time, I also realized that like every single friend beside me, most of them are just trying to like, you know, get me to spend money on them. Like some of them even like trying to get me to borrow money for them. Like hell, even there's one like the stupidest single excuse I ever heard. The dumbest ex the dumbest single excuse I ever heard from a friend like trying to borrow money from me is like, yo, um, bro, I actually pissed off my girlfriend and I need to buy her something. Can you lend me like 500 or something? What the f- Wait, like, what? Shit, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not capping. It's all true story, Holy man. Shit. <laughs> like, God damn it. What the f- your girlfriend has to do with me? It's your girlfriend, not mine. <laughs> why am I? Why, why am I supposed to borrow you five hundred bucks to like you know calm her down? God damn it, man! Are you saying that uh you're giving your girlfriend to me after that? <laughs> 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 
Well, by the way, Kingston, when you say you lost your money at 16, mm-hmm. right? Were you living alone or with your parents in Sabah? Oh, I was living with my parents and they didn't know everything, like anything. Because I didn't have oh, the guts okay. to tell them. But they eventually found out lah, later, like last year. <laughs> they only found <laughs> out last year. <laughs> so yeah. But uh, by the time of last year, I already like um, regained like most of my losses back lah. So they didn't say anything. They didn't say much. They just said like, "Oh, you you must be one of a real real fucking legend or something." <laughs> yeah. So you tell what age are you like lose a lot of money? What age? Okay, so yeah. around okay the year where I blew the most. Money was in 2019. No, 2018. Sorry, 2018. Because 2018, I was friends with like you know, uh, drug Sean, mother, mother homies back then, right? So you're calling out names now. No, that's his nickname, bro. <laughs> that's his nickname. That's not his real name, bro. I don't know his real name. <laughs> that's the sad part. But yeah, like uh, we were hanging out. So I blew most of my money on vapes. Like every like two weeks, I'll get like a vape mod that was like five, six hundred bucks. So that was like, uh, that was like excessive spending, and then clothes, shoes, a lot of booze, like a lot, a lot of booze. Like every time I go out to a bar, instead of buying like a few mugs, nah, man, give me like Moet or some shit. <laughs> give me like, you know, bottles, straight up bottles. You know, when we go, and then when we finish, we don't even finish it. We just give it to the next table. Like if there's a girl of like table of girls, like yo, they're getting the bottle, bro. <laughs> they can't <laughs> stop. Oh, I would man. honestly bring it, bring the the booze back, man. If I drink it halfway. Nah, no, because last time I was like living in this kind of baller lifestyle, you ah, know. Yeah, yeah, I so I couldn't, I couldn't be seen bringing alcohol back, right? I'd be like, <laughs> so, and then, uh, oh, I remember I used to eat uh, at like really expensive shops, lah. Oh yeah, back then you didn't know what mamak was, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't really know what a mamak <laughs> was. Like I didn't, I didn't know nasi kanda all that shit. The sad, the, no, the sad thing is, right? Like what, what would happen is. I would blow the money I made, and then after that, because I was getting like a pretty good allowance from my parents, also right. So like, yeah, I kind of had two streams of income, like you can say. <laughs> so like, it was really not a good mix, like. like you can't give a fourteen or fifteen year old kid that much money. Yeah, that's true. Right? Oh, you can't, you can't, like he can't have that much money because bro, he doesn't know what he's gonna do with it, right? Bro, I'm so glad, like I introduced you to Mama, bro. Yeah. And then you re- and then you realize like how cheap it was and <laughs> how much money party. you have to spend on food. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember like the good like there was a few times I got like my shit confiscated, my my wallet confiscated, having too much yeah. cash on me and shit. Like the school was like sus, you know. They thought I was like dealing drugs or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, even my parents thought I was dealing drugs, you know. Like no, nah, I wasn't, man. <laughs> it's like trust me, it's the shoes. <laughs> oh yeah, back then to my baller life, I also like. I got my phone. It was an iPhone eight plus or something. I got it confiscated from my school, and to give a middle finger to that teacher, I bought a ten S two days later. It got confiscated, hey. and um, my phone was only confiscated for six months. But I didn't give a shit. I didn't even go back to that school and get my phone. Six months. Yeah, because six because, months. Because uh, it was the first time I oh got my, my phone confiscated in school. Uh. Okay, our school rules is like this: the first time you got your phone confiscated, it's six months, ah, and the second time it's one yeah, year. The third serious? time is straight up gone. Yes, bro. And I thought our school was bad. It took you for like what, two, two weeks, weeks right? but the thing is, like, I didn't give a fuck. 
Yeah, and I thought two yeah. weeks was bad. You also six months. Six months, bro. Then how the fuck are you gonna handle shit outside school, bro? Like if it's six months. Yeah. Right. Like you gotta go home, call. What the hell? You gotta just work out your own solutions, uh. Basically, you get a new phone or borrow a spare phone for a friend or something. <laughs> Some drug dealer shit. What I did was I just got a <laughs> new phone two days later and I brought it back to the school. Fucking hell. My God. And like entire school blew up, man. They said, holy shit, this motherfucking Kingston, bro. He's a king. He got a new phone two, two days later, bro. Damn. I remember like they confiscated my phone, so... I had to use this blue, this blue Nokia, bro. <laughs> this, this, <laughs> blue Nokia. Dude, you know what's the best part? The Nokia, he can connect his AirPods to it. You know, <laughs> my AirPods are Yeah, he can connect his AirPods. <laughs> yeah. Then, so everyone in school is like thinking he has like an iPhone, but then when he pulls, when he pulls it out, it's like a Nokia. Yeah. <laughs> and he's listening to the radio. You know, he hits FM, part. bro. Yeah, he's listening to hits FM in the morning. That's a real things, baller uh, move. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh man and i think my iphone 8 plus is somewhere in the in my you know discipline teachers uh drawer or something still there after like three years hopefully he enjoys your phone <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean like the person can't like enter it right yeah he can't like yeah. uh the discipline office like there's a access card lock at the door so what yeah our school's like super secure, you know, that they're, they're so paranoid, like, you know, that they're, they're so paranoid, like maybe students are starting a riot or something. All the, all the teacher's office are like secured with like padlocks and all that, <laughs> like key padlocks with what access the... cards. There's a military base, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because uh, they know how pissed the students are at the teachers. All right. That's great, guys. That was very insightful stuff they all been saying. Well, I think that's it for part one, lah, guys. Next week, we'll be continuing this topic and we'll be going more into depth about it. Thank you guys once again for your support. It means the world to us. We'll catch you guys next week. Once again, I'm Ethan. I'm Kingston. I'm Matthew. And we are The Novice Man signing out. Yo! Yeah.